Hello and welcome back to the Still Chill Podcast. Hi my yo. name is Rose. My name is Raha. And today we're going to be talking about heartbreak. Dun, dun, dun. We recently did a poll on our Instagram story and we've never had so many votes, yeah, have we? Yeah, people really engaged. Definitely. We had so many questions, so many topics to discuss. So we've kind of weaved all of that into this episode yeah. today. Um we wanted to distinguish what kind of heartbreak we're talking about mm-hmm. because hearts been broke so many times. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not talking about grief today, which is a form of heartbreak. Today, we're just going to be talking about romantic love uh, and the breakdown of that. Whether you're in a relationship, whether you're in love with someone who doesn't love you back, whether they don't even know that you exist mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, that's all still heartbreak. Yeah, so... Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Get into it, yeah. When was the last time you experienced heartbreak? Uh, I feel like I'm kind of going through one right now, to be honest, uh, as you know. Yep. It doesn't feel like a full-blown heartbreak because I've I've gone through heartbreak before, so it feels like I've learned how to deal with it, but I, I'm definitely going through the same motions that I've experienced from my previous heartbreak. What are those motions? Oh, it's a ton of emotions. It's 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 <laughs> just it's just sad. Not you getting flustered. I'm just asking I you a know. simple question, Ra. <laughs> I literally am, but it it feels weird to talk about. Like, I I just feel I feel very. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, do <dear. laughs> I can't believe I'm getting emotional. Um, it's it's a loss, and I feel like. The loss is, there's just a lot of adjustment. Mm, mm-hmm. So many feelings of like discomfort, having to reassure yourself all the time that things that you've like made a choice or that person might have made a choice and that you have to accept those circumstances. Yeah. So it feels like your emotions are not aligned with what's going on. With the reality of your exactly, situation. Exactly. For sure, for sure. Yeah. That those are the motions for me. And I just feel I go I go through uh the all the waves. Like I feel sad and then I feel like a little bit of relief sometimes and then you feel so frustrated and angry, or I do at least. And then sad again. <laughs> yeah, the whole the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry you're going through it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. about you? When was the last time you felt heartbroken? Uh, February of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> That's seven years That's ago. very accurate. I remember it because it was very intense. It spiralled me into a depression. And yeah, I, I remember this clearly. And I just didn't, because it, that breakup specifically didn't cause the depression. It's the realization of everything. Yes. And like how you got to this point and all of the choices that you've made, even outside of the relationship. And then just like, it all comes to the surface, doesn't yeah. it? And then you Do have you, to address your life. That I was literally <laughs> about to say, do you feel like when you came out of that, it you you have to confront all of the things that you've been avoiding and the thing, the voids that you've been f- filling with that relationship. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and they're very loud then. And you're, and then I think one of the things that always happens is you question yourself and you doubt whether it was anything you've done to contribute to the breakup. Yeah. And that ex- actually, that brings me on to the context of why you're heartbroken in the first place. Mm-hmm. Cause that's really important. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, like, I think I often have clients say to me, you know, we were only like seeing each other for three months or it was only six months and I shouldn't feel like this. And Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to consider the context of your situation. Time doesn't really mean all that much. Mm -hmm. It's really about the impact that that person has had on your life and how much they were there and how much you have to adjust now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Time is not a measure of quality. Like you could meet somebody and be head over heels within within a matter of days I've heard from some people um, and it'd be the most intense love of your life and you go through so much together in such a short space of time. And of course, when that 
comes to an end, it's going to be life-changing. Yeah. And we're talking, if we're talking about just the the heartbroken period. So this is after mm-hmm. the fact. Yeah. Like, of everything happened. So let's not go over, like, what happened to cause the heartbreak or whatever. But yeah. you're, you're there now. You're heartbroken. Yes. What are some of the challenges? I know we've already touched on some. Mm-hmm. I think... Oh, the challenges. Well, the challenges, firstly, I think, are you having to deal with your emotions and observe what the hell is going on. Yeah. Because that is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's out of nowhere, kind of. Well, it's not out of nowhere, obviously, but it just feels like your body is, is responding to something and you don't have any control over that. Even if you've done loads of... uh internal work or you've got yourself to a certain place because I don't know you might have had mental health issues in the past or whatever it you still have to confront those things when you're going through a heartbreak and they still rise to the surface again so I think that's one of the biggest challenges yeah and and off the back of that Raha actually it's the loss of control yes over how you want to respond so Mm -hmm. you might want to be like hey this is this is how I'm going to get over this. But your reality doesn't actually match up to that. Yeah. And like there's emotions surfacing at any point of the day. And I think that <laughs> one of the biggest challenges actually is going through a breakup and then having to go to work or school oh or uni God. the day after. That shift, <laughs> that shift after a breakup. Mm. <laughs> it's the worst it's the worst. And everyone's at work doing what they're doing normally and your life has just crumbled. Yeah. And you don't know whether to tell people, you don't know whether to just be real with them and explain what the hell's just happened. But also, you don't know if you're going to get back together. You don't know what the you're future in holds. Limbo. You're in complete limbo. So I just, it's the worst feeling. And that's the other thing. When you're in limbo, there's a sense of hope isn't yeah. there you're like oh well maybe this is like this is not what i thought it was mm-hmm. you know and it takes time for you to actually realize that you have to accept this yeah and of course it depends what kind of job you have as well because some with some jobs you can just lock yourself away and get on with what you have to do but when you're in a role that you have to talk to people and you have to interact all the time oh my gosh yeah i know i've done it's that a hard. few times it's horrible yeah and then also confiding in people, for example, at work, and yeah. they they give the worst response. <laughs> well, firstly, giving the worst response, but also like gossiping as well. Yeah. You don't know who you can fully trust sometimes at work and things just being spread. And also maybe feeling judged if you're explaining what's happened, yeah. them judging you, them judging your ex-partner for whatever reason and putting their two cents in when you don't even want to hear what they have to say about it a lot of the time. Right. And because I think that's the way that people respond naturally or automatically to stuff like that. They just think, okay, I'm just going to give you, give this person advice based off of my own experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not always relevant and it doesn't always apply because of course everybody's situations are different and people handle things differently. So, but yeah, but everyone expects themselves to get over it at the same rate though. Yes. Right. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, regardless of what's happened in your situation, we all expect ourselves to be, like, over it in a month. Yeah, or, oh, you know, the time frames as well. I always find very interesting, like, oh, it's been two months, I should be over this by now. And it's like, huh? Says who? Yeah, there's no rule book. It's, well, I know why that is, though. Because, and I was going to go on to this, heartbreak is very much a bodily response. Yeah. It's a bodily reaction. So you have these visceral like overwhelming sensations Mm -hmm. and feelings of discomfort that just take over. And it's not just when you think about the person, there are loads of situations. um, And it's that discomfort that we're trying to get rid of. Yes. And you're like, oh, I felt uncomfortable for two months. Mm -hmm. Like, when's this gonna end, you know? Yeah, and it's also the way that it's portrayed in the media and movies, like you being hung up on someone and crying, like Bridget Jones style, eating ice cream, getting putting weight on, smoking fags, going out, <laughs> having one night stands, you know, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. And I think people just expect themselves to go through the same, to go through that. Yeah. Because that's all we've ever known when 
that's just not, that might not be how you feel. Like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to date. I don't want to eat my own body weight in calories. Like, I, some people don't even feel like crying until yeah. that, that feeling really settles in. Yeah. That heartbreak, that like, heart, that heartbreak that I was just talking about was the first heartbreak I ever cried about. I think that I was to... the most emotional I've ever seen you, I yeah. think, in, in my life. And that was like a real turning point for you because I feel like that's when you came into your own emotionally. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's when it, when everything really started and it had nothing to do with him, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really just going through the process of the mm-hmm. breakup um, and the heartbreak. But going back to like that visceral reaction and that bodily response that I was talking about, one of the things that I have been notorious for in the past and that I've got better at mm-hmm. I wanted to say I've, I've overcome it. And I think I have to the, for the most part, but I do catch myself doing it every now and again. It's the long essays. Oh. <laughs> the text essays. <laughs> In all honesty, I've, it's, I, it's never been me, but I can so see why you would want to send oh somebody long essays. Explain, I mean, you I'm lying. Than... I've sent paragraphs, not essays. <laughs> no, yeah. Paragraph after paragraph after paragraph. <laughs> You better know how I'm feeling. You better know how you made me feel. And you're <laughs> raging, hot, steaming, mate. Yeah. You are ready yeah. to give them a piece of your damn mind and they better be sorry. <laughs> and they're not. And they're never, and, they never and, are. And that's that's what brings, like, yeah. so when you're going through it, you're typing out the message and like all of this stuff is coming up for you and you're like, yeah, and you hit send and you don't, you either don't get a response at all or you don't get the response that you were expecting. Yeah, and then no response at all. That's a real, that's a killer. Oh my days. No, 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 no. (laughs) Like for me, I just get like so hot in my neck. (laughs) My chest goes really tight. Like, you know, like in the cartoons, the steam coming out. Yes. That, and and then that turns into sadness because I genuinely believe that like, we a lot of times our frustration or anger is a is a secondary emotion yeah it's there to mask like a sadness or a pain and then you feel sad and you're oh, like i don't know about Do that does that no I'm, sometimes not always yes yeah um but yeah, no, it definitely does. The, yeah, it, it morphs itself into into just pure sadness. And just like, do I not deserve a response? Yeah, should I have? And and then the and and then the regret. And the guilt. The, Why yes. did I say it like that? Maybe if I had said it like that, they would have responded. Yeah. But no, they wouldn't have. And also you then convincing yourself that this person never cared. If they did, they'd respond to you right now. Then you start backtracking on the entire relationship and start thinking about, like you start nitpicking and thinking about Well, you all start the creating stories. Yes. Well, you're trying, your brain is trying to make sense of what, yes. what's going on. And it has to create a story in order yep. to be able to do that. So it's not even, it's no one's fault. Like that it, it your brain is just trying to, to understand yeah and protect you and protect it's you, trying to yeah. it's trying to find that sense of balance and safety again mm-hmm. but it doesn't know that you just have to ride it out unfortunately yeah. and so. being by by being able to blame somebody mm-hmm. your brain can at least find some peace yeah. with that because yeah. the responsibility then doesn't lie on your shoulders but you're like okay f this person you know yeah definitely what else do you think causes like a big, or is a challenge, but also, you know, causes that big bodily reaction or bodily response, emotional response? For me, social media <gasps> is like, <laughs> oh, it's a killer. You said it. The stalking, mm-hmm. the looking back on the messages, uh seeing if they followed anybody new do they have any new followers mm. hmm. who's this person oh, you that, that i've met mate no. you check the whole thing yeah yeah it depends of course on the situation but if i'm super heartbroken and very hung up on someone yes i i mean not not now that i'm older i definitely don't find myself going down that loop anymore um because i know that <laughs> I'm I'm looking for things that I don't want to find. Yes. Why am I doing that? Exactly. Like it's it's it, I'm I'm setting myself up for nothing but pure distress and Agony. sadness. <laughs> so why like I, I now have to refrain from doing that and and I stop myself because 
that it's not worth feeling like that ever. Why yeah. would I, like that information is gonna add nothing but sadness and anger to my life. So it's just no. The reason I can't really re- relate to that that much is because this is something I actually have overcome mm. and I overcame it by utilizing the block button. <laughs> you are, you're the biggest blocker, mate. I, and you always have a go at me for not blocking people. And to be honest- I will block you. Like if, <laughs> if I know myself and I know that I have a tendency to go and look on your page, to get myself upset, to get annoyed because you get annoyed about what they're posting. Oh my God, yeah. And you're well. just like, uh, you th- you think you're so this. You're not going to respond <laughs> to my essay, but yeah. you, you think you're welfare. You think you're welfare. More story, you, yeah. right? More justification. <laughs> and I know my mind has a tendency to do that. And I can't, like the urge is there. Like it's an addiction, isn't it? It's your dopamine response. It kind of, it wants to fill that void. Yeah. And I know that I, like, I just don't have the willpower to do that. So I just block and delete. I'd rather not see and I'd rather focus on myself. And it's worked pretty much every time. Yeah, no, no, you're you're definitely right. And I totally back that, but it's not not what I do. No, it's (laughs) not what a lot of people don't. But no, it is the right thing to do. I have blocked people in the past. It's so funny because if you talk to my exes, they'd be like, she blocks me all the time. (laughs) But are you you're, you are a bigger blocker. Now I'm a blocker, and I'll leave you blocked. You yeah, block and I don't. Unblock. I love to unblock and block and unblock. But <laughs> but I actually also think mine is a bit rooted in my ego as well because I just think, well, you don't deserve access to me anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's really good. Mm. I was gonna say as well, back to your mind creating stories. Yeah, I feel like. Stalk, by stalking their social media, you're doing that again. Because like, if, let's say for example, just hypothetically, that your ex-partner was involved with, you You had, you had uh, your suspicions mm. that they might be involved with somebody else or somebody is now trying to chat, the, whatever, whatever it might be. And then you find yourself going onto whatever it is, Facebook, Instagram, and seeing whether that person is actively engaging with them on social media, because if they are, then that story, it has been created. Do you know what I mean? That's confirmation. Yeah, you're then. always looking for, yeah, you're always looking for that confirmation though. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's gonna send you into a deeper, darker depression. Mostly. Sometimes it's, sometimes though, it's the right thing because you get to really see the truth and the yes. reality of the situation yeah. and it brings acceptance. But And I think that's how people justify it to themselves yeah. is like, I'm just doing this for my own peace of mind so that I know that this person but you know full well when you've gone overboard with it as well. Not just you, oh, yeah, anyone. Yeah. Oh my God, without You know yeah. when like you're 300 weeks deep in like a fr- someone who's been tagged in their story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then if you're looking at their stories and you don't even know this person, just, just. This actually brings me on to one of the I- IG questions mm-hmm. that we posted. And it was, do you think closure is necessary after a breakup? Oh, we always fight about this. We do. And 74% of people said yes. You're a yeser. Which Raha. is so funny. I am a yeser. I'm a knower. But. I know why I, I see both sides, but for me, I, I, I'm a yeser, but I don't know if I'm just a yeser because there's always a glimpse of hope for me that something is gonna re-spark, a glimpse, a glimmer of hope. (laughs) I don't know if I'm just kidding myself is what I'm saying. I don't know if I'm just acting like closure is what I need in order to be able to move on and overcome the heartbreak or whether I just have this low-key desire to rekindle this thing. Yeah, see them again. Yes. Or speak to them again. Or just speak to them again. Yeah. You want that, here's the thing, in your mind, you often imagine what it would be like for them to apologize or what it would look like for you to rekindle, right? Yeah. You already have, you romanticize that when Mm. you're heartbroken. We all do it. Like we are looking back we are looking to gain that sense of safety again. So that means going back to what was, even if that wasn't all that safe, you know? Yes. But yeah, you start to imagine what it would look like if you did rekindle. So then I think people want closure because like you said, there is a glim- there is a glimpse of hope, glimmer of hope. Glimmer, yeah. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I think so too, but I also think it depends on Or you get the apology that you've been waiting for this whole time. Or you get the acknowledgement of how much they've upset you. Yeah. That's what people... I think that's what... That's definitely what I want as well. And a lot of the time, it depends on how you view relationships and what you... How you want to reflect on it. Like, if you view it as, like, a journey that you've gone on, for me, the closure aspect of it almost acts as you closing a chapter. Mm Mm-hmm. And I understand that, but like I just said, I think you go into it with a set of expectations. Yeah. If you're meeting up just to see what happens with no expectations, which is, that's very rarely going to happen, right? Okay, but you go in with a set of expectations and when those expectations aren't met, which a lot of times they're not, because you're both still, you know, dealing with things very emotionally. Yes. um, That leads to a massive disappointment. But wouldn't you say, or at least I think that, like there have been times where I've seen somebody again for the, for the sake of closure and I've got what I wanted from the closure, but I've also been disappointed. And do you feel better? Yes. Did you feel better? I did. Despite the disappoint the, the, mm. the parts that were disappointing, the parts of the closure that I got from it, it was what I needed. What at was the, the time. closure? me getting things off my chest and him getting things off his chest Mm -hmm. and actually hearing their perspective and their side and the way that they processed it and how they felt like for me that was helpful i just i also think the intention is important behind it if you're going to get feedback and be like hey what did i do that i can improve on in my next relationship (laughs) i get it but again it needs to be the timing needs to be important. I, I have clients who, like, after a week, they're like, oh, we need to... I'm like, no, you're still in... No, a, no, 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 no. You're in turmoil. Yes. You know, like, you're not... And, and here's the other thing. Research shows that heartbreak lowers your IQ by 30%. <laughs> Temporarily. Which is so funny. Temporarily, because, of course, you know. Yeah. So you're not even going to be able to get your best thoughts across... And and back to what you said about intention, it's so important because you have to look at what that other person's intention is. There have been times where I know that, like, let's say my ex wanted to get back with me, for example, or they wanted to rekindle whatever, and they're doing it in the name of closure. And I don't buy it, sir. Yeah. So I'm not going to see you. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, hundred percent. Knowing knowing where you stand and knowing what their intention is, definitely. And if you don't know, ask. I think that's the other thing. Like, I think people are so scared after breakups about just being honest and still communicating, even though you've gone through that whole turmoil. Yeah, but some people break up and the other person does not want any contact, any contact or at all. Yeah, and that's fine. I think that's that person setting their boundary though, and then you you have to respect that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think one of the, going back to the challenges, I think another one of the biggest challenges is the way that your routine and your future plans change. Yeah. So everything that you've envisioned with that person, whether it's, I don't know, marriage and kids or whether it's traveling or whether it's, I don't know, just spending a birthday together, you know, all of that changes completely. So you have to come back to the present moment instead yeah. of live in the future and that's yeah. hard and it's accepting uncertainty yes and trying to rebuild something mm-hmm. that you know is is essentially yeah it's gone but you don't even know for sure whether that's gone because you still have i think a lot of people still have that hope but say them. say we're talking about someone who is a hundred percent it's it's hundred percent done, done they're out done. Yeah, yeah 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 then yeah definitely a bit just getting themselves back into the present there's moment. a there's a layer of grief and unexpressed love involved yeah. like you have the desire to give this love that's in your heart yeah. that you've cultivated and you've opened yourself up to because mm-hmm. that's the other thing falling in love is so scary yes so once you've overcome that, you know, you're letting your guard down, you're opening yourself up to someone, then it's, oh, I've got to hide again. Yeah. And that's not true, but that's what your mind and your body naturally try and get back to. And you also you're trying don't to protect think, yourself. Yeah. And you also don't think that you, you have the capacity to be able to be that open again with somebody else. Yes. I think that's the other thing. Yes. Is you maybe even struggling with the idea of you moving on. Yeah. And you're just like, what's the future going to look like? Yeah. 
yeah. what am I going to do? Like, and I think that's what I'm doing. De- that's how I feel at the moment mm. is like, I can't even really picture myself with another person. Yeah. So it's very difficult for me to try and imagine my future because I can't imagine myself with anybody else right now. Right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. But do you remember a pastime where you felt like that? Uh, yes. In a past yeah. heartbreak? And that's what I keep go- referring back to is mm-hmm. knowing when I felt like this before and the, f- the, f- the post feeling. Yeah. I know that that exists. What's so the post I'm, feeling? Is me just being like, lol. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, it's a bit of like a lol situation. And it, it for me, it does take a long time, but I know that, I, I know I'll get there. So yeah, I just have to ride the wave. Mm-hmm. And what happens when like, it takes a while for you, like you said, to move on, but the other person is much quicker in moving on. Oh, that's rough. Mm. That is rough, mate. And that happens with everyone. Obviously, you're not going to move on at the same, same rate. rate. One of you is always going to move you, on. Yeah. Before and the some, other. So, and, and, and in a lot, uh, a lot of times, the relationship has already ended before it's officially ended. Yeah. So there's, there tends to be always one person who will just move on straight away. Like very, very mm-hmm. quickly. But say we're not talking about someone who's in a relationship. Say we're talking about someone who has been in love with a person for a couple of years yeah. and they're finally coming to terms with this is never going to happen. You know, I've been in those situations, kind of. Um, and that's just as hard, I think. That's so hard. Yeah, seeing somebody moving on before you've moved on. Yeah. That's really hard. Regardless and of I what think the context is. Regardless, is I mean. because even if you think that you feel like you've overcome a lot of the feelings that are attached to the heartbreak, once you know that they've moved on, I think it's a different set of feelings that you have. Yeah. <laughs> that you then have to also ah, well, that deal with. That brings me on to one of my favourite Buddhist concepts, which is the concept of clinging yeah which is what causes our suffering whether it's we're clinging to our desires or we're clinging to the things that we don't want mm-hmm. you know and sometimes we can cling to our heartbreak and we can cling to the emotions that are there and kind of hold them for yes. a long period of time when actually emotions they they rise up and they pass so you might notice in one day you don't feel heartbroken the whole day from the second you wake up. You might wake up heartbroken, yeah. but as the day goes on, I don't know, you're eating breakfast, you're not feeling anything in that moment. Yeah. You're not feeling anything when you're showering. You know, it comes and it goes mm-hmm. throughout the day, but sometimes we feel like it's there all of the time. And in that sense, we're clinging yes. to the idea that we're heartbroken. Yeah, It's not the feeling that we're feeling. Yeah, and to the point where it begins to consume you. Exactly. Yeah. And what's important is to note the other emotions that are present in your day as well. It's not that you're trying to ignore it. Yeah. It's being like, okay, I had a moment of joy when, I don't know, I opened the fridge and there was a can of Coke in there. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's That's definitely a personal example, yeah. But... Oh, I sound like one of those people who drinks like six cans a day. No, no, it's no. It's a treat. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's what I mean. You know, like it's making note of all of the other stuff that's happening outside of the heartbreak as well. Because something that we tend to do is hold the other person in the spotlight. Yeah. And if you're just looking at that person, you're missing out on everything else yeah. that's going on. And all of the opportunities that are presenting themselves yes. to you that are going to help you move on. Mm-hmm. And actually on that, I was going to say, and this, I didn't even say this about one of the biggest challenges. This is actually the biggest, for me, one of the biggest challenges is romanticizing that person. When full you're going, stop. Full stop. <laughs> when you're going through the heartbreak because they're yeah. not around anymore. You're not seeing all the rubbish, horrible parts that you didn't like that yeah. probably caused the breakup or for whatever to end. Like, I always find myself doing this and just finding myself in a state of nostalgia and really reminiscing about all of these memories that I've got with this person and all of these emotions that are attached to it and just like sitting in that feeling all the time, like constantly over and over because I'm constantly trying to get that feeling back. And what does that do? It makes Makes me feel even worse. Yeah, but also you are lowering your self-esteem because you hold that person so highly that you think well it must have been 
me, me. the way that I handled it, yeah. the way that I'm dealing with it. You know, he, this person is such a great person, obviously. Yeah. I just didn't deserve that. Yeah, yeah. And you thinking you're not going to find anything like that again. Yeah. And you um, exaggerate. I, I, I know I do, like, exaggerating Oh, I don't know, actually, because those feelings of, of like happiness or that those feelings of euphoria that you have in the initial stages of a relationship, those are true and real. Like you definitely experience those things. But I do think it's it's very easy to um, have a very narrow view and just focus on that side of the relationship as opposed to thinking about all the horrible stuff. Yeah. And that might not be true for everybody, but I definitely do that. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Our mind tends to do that. It does that. Yeah. Again, like I said, your mind is always trying to get you back to a sense of safety or a place where you feel protected. Mm-hmm. And if the heartbreak is making you feel discomfort, pain, yes. tension, sadness, it's going to try and take you out of that. And the, I guess the product of its best thinking mm-hmm. is to put you back in that situation that you were before. Yeah. So you long for that. Yeah. But also I think I've said before that you know, the brain, is, it sends electrical signals, mm-hmm. right? And they say that the heart is magnetic. And I feel that because the heart literally, physically, it longs yeah. for that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not necessarily just a story that you're creating, but there's a physical aspect to it too. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you do find yourself longing for that because that's what your mind is doing, that's when you find yourself wanting to get back with that person yeah and that's what a lot of people do and they do find themselves back into the relationship and like i've said you you've just ignored all of those red flags and all of the things that went wrong and they just repeat themselves and nothing changes and then you go through that again that's what someone asked actually about how long it takes to get out of an abusive relationship and this is a pattern that you often see in abusive relationships because we have this as outsiders we have this idea that the abuser is just an abuser all of the time and that is not, not the, case. the case they are yeah. lovely charming loving kind you know all of funny, these things funny yeah. so yeah you leave and those things stay in your mind yeah. and you have a, a really high level of compassion you know and they know that of course um so you gravitate back towards yeah. them and it takes roughly around seven tries yeah. to leave an abusive relationship that is yeah the average um and we're going to link you up to some re- like to some helplines yeah and websites at the end as well with that. Which seven times? That's a that's so much actually. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard. It takes a lot. Yeah. It takes a lot. Out and of I you. know when I've had friends who have been in abusive relationships, it's it's really important to treat them with as much compassion and care as you can, and to to be realistic with them as a friend and treat them as you would any other friend. But also if you do find them going back to that relationship consistently, not to leave their side yeah. and be okay with them leaving and going back and leaving and coming back. Because if the average is seven times, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen and you're gonna have to go, it's a long ride. They need the, the, the they need to know that they're gonna be held yes. when they come out of it eventually. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's a really good, that's a really important point. Um, let's move on to the, I guess, very important question. How do you move on? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, people always say time is a healer and sorry, that really annoys me because it is, (laughs) but it's like, what about it? (laughs) What about the time? Do you just sit and let time pass by and Mm. you're just like, cool, I'll be all right in a few months. Like that's always frustrated me when I've gone through a heartbreak and people try and give me advice like oh honestly time is the healer babe like just wait it out and it is true but like bro what am I meant to do with myself in this time when I feel like this I know and you Raha (laughs) gosh (laughs) you can't just sit you can't ride things out (laughs) no (laughs) no I've got to do something I've got to do something about it no Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you think? I think the way you move on is by making the conscious decision and making conscious effort to do so. 
Mm, which is so interesting. It's like very much on purpose. Because <laughs> Bell Hooks says that you choose to love as well. Mm. Oh, I agree with that. And 100%. I agree with that. So I guess the same way that you would choose to love, you cho- you consciously make the decision to move on with your life. Yeah, you Which is to. so much easier said than done. Oh you have God. to, you have, here's the thing. You're literally in a meat suit <laughs> and you've got like, there's electrical connections happening in your brain all of the time. They're firing your neurons, right? You think that's you. It's not. You are the person watching all of this happen. Yeah. Right? You have control to some extent. You know, your brain's like, oh, let's have a look at their profile. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Ooh, ooh let's have a look. <laughs> you have the choice to go, no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think also knowing knowing yourself and knowing what you're more inclined to do if you find yourself having less control over yourself in terms of like going on their social media yeah. or doing things that could damage could be damaging then you should block yeah like, like me like yeah, i know like i don't have you don't, I don't have, have that willpower yeah, yeah. <laughs> to stay off their page yeah. so and i think people don't realize just how common this is and how deep the stalking goes yeah. i do want to just reiterate on that because i often have clients be like oh like I feel crazy. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe, you know, I went on their story and I looked at all their friends and or so I noticed that so-and-so has unfollowed me. And I am always like, it's not just you. You yeah. have to understand this is... Th- social media was created with the way... With your brain in mind. Yeah. With the function of your brain in mind. Yes. And it works. No. And it... Wants your attention. Yeah. Yeah. But it's up to you whether you give it or not. Absolutely. And of course the algorithms work in a way where whoever you engage with the most, you're gonna, or the the people that you interact with the most are gonna come up for you all the time. I remember with my ex, any, oh God, any time a model would come up on my explore feed or some, somebody who was stunning and beautiful, I would only see their name on the likes. Mm. That would always show up for me first. Yeah, block. Yeah, <laughs> but block. that's a block situation because that I'm not trying to do anything wrong and neither is the other person. Yeah. That's the algorithm. Yeah. So I, I had to block him at that point. Like, I don't need to see that. So going back to moving on, intentionally, consciously, on purpose, another reason why this is important is because you are you often find yourself in a situation where you're constantly going back to the person. Yeah. So it's not not that you're going back to the person. It There's breakups, you come back. There's breakups, you come back. There's breakups, you come back. So there has to be a point where you finally step into your power and go, I deserve better than this. Yeah. This isn't flowing. Mm-hmm. Go towards the flow in your life, people. Yeah. <laughs> go towards what's flowing. If something feels forced, if there's a lot of conflict, if there's a lot of tension... I mean, I'm not saying don't go towards it at all. It's just notice how long it's going on for and how that's impacting you. Yeah. Because sometimes you do have to go through those difficult things and come out the other side and you're better for it, right? But if you're constantly noticing that there's a lot of heartbreak in a situation, you have to make the decision to be like, no more. Mm -hmm. And then in, in the process of moving on, I just think it's so important to make time for yourself like you have the time you don't even have to make the time anymore because you're not spending that time with that person anymore so pour that into yourself like channel that energy into the things that you love and rediscover things that you love like and i was gonna say actually people always talk about losing themselves within relationships and coming out of them and having so many problems with their identity because so much of their identity was modeled off their partner or they've had to adapt so much to that relationship or compromise that they they leave the relationship not knowing who they are anymore yeah and i just think that's a perfect opportunity for you to discover the things that be the person that you want to be and do that and like pour all of all of those emotions into something that is going to be beautiful something great has always come out of a breakup for me or heartbreak me for too. me too yeah like when i did go through my first heartbreak that was really the time that i got involved in absolutely everything like mm. in terms of work uni like i just got stuck into everything and 
God, like, I'm so glad that See, had ha- that happened. You, you're very much, you love throwing yourself into things and yeah. distracting yourself. And a lot of people yes. do. Yeah, it definitely is a distraction strategy. Yeah, for me, yeah. I have to stay in bed for three, four days and just cry about it. Yeah, and I did. Yeah. For like two months. Yeah. yeah. So, do you remember when <laughs> I said to you, enough's enough? Yeah, that that's it was from that moment. And mm. that's when I found all of these different projects, like all of these organizations that I wanted to work and volunteer for. And like, I got really serious about uni and yeah. Just bettering yourself. Just a yes. Like from- But my- not for that person, not so you can, and that's the other thing. Some people better themselves with the intention of, well, if I'm this kind of person, maybe they'll love me. Or it's the opposite where it's in revenge and it's like, look how well I'm doing yeah. without you. Yeah. Stop putting that person in the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> and just do Put it. Put on for yourself. You. Be- because I knew You're as the well, main character. Like the things that I was doing weren't things that he would value anyway. Yes. Yeah. You know? He did he wasn't gonna care. I was just doing that because I was like, okay, this is the person that I wanna be now. Because yeah. I'm really tired of being the person that I was with him because yeah. it was a bit stinky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So one of my top tips for moving on is creating playlists. Music. You created me one. Yeah. For that exact for that heartbreak. Yeah. That playlist. I still listen to it. I listen to it now. Oh my God. We're going to share it. You know what? We will share Let's it share with you it. all because it is the best playlist. If you didn't know, I actually have an alter ego and it's called DJ Rosé. <laughs> it's sick. Like it's, there's so many heartbreakers, like songs and so many angry songs, so many sad songs, but there's so many uplifting, like coming into your own songs. It's perfect. I listened to it nonstop and it changed the game for me. Yeah. Music. I mean, I made one really long one for you, but yeah. generally I actually recommend doing two. So one that's uplifting, empowering, makes you feel good about yourself. And one that's just like sad, depressing, allows those feelings to be like held. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. If but you're a normal person, if the- you're like me and you've got about 50 million emotions going <laughs> on at the same time and you can go through an absolute roller coaster then I think you can have a combination of all of them. Yeah. Because that's what I, like, it's so funny. Sometimes I'll listen to, like, the angriest song and I will be with that song. Like, I fully feel it. And then the next one will be super uplifting. But I feel that too. <laughs> it's just me and all my that's personalities. That's a really good point, you know. And that's actually, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, is that <laughs> there's always more than one emotion present. And yeah. it's about whether you can be open to experiencing it and like noticing that it's there. Yeah, it's not As opposed like, to clinging to that one loud one. Yes. It's not buying, like you, you you can experience, yeah, multiple emotions at once. Yeah, absolutely. So playlists. Yeah. Do it for yourself. What else? For me, creativity really helps. Whether that's like making something with my hands. Yeah. Like even things sure. that you think are childish. <laughs> Do the childish things. Because that's what makes my heart happy. You're yeah. connecting with your inner child again. That, that I think that becomes part of the rediscovering yourself, you know. For sure, for sure. Well, it's it's uncovering those parts of yes. yourself because you've hidden them. It's not that you've lost them. That's what I always say yeah. to people. People think that they have to like, like grab them out of thin air. Mm-hmm. But you already have that within you. Yeah. What you just about have you? to what access else? it again. What else what? What else in terms of like moving on? What do you think? I think therapy. Yes. Because, you know, sometimes we do contribute to the breakup. Sometimes it is our fault. Yeah. You know, something, sometimes it is something that we've done and therapy can help us have a look at our patterns, have a look at our reactions, see maybe what they're rooted in, help us process them. Mm -hmm. And, also, help us go maybe towards someone who's a bit more aligned to us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times we find ourselves being quite avoidant Yeah. when actually connecting with other people and interacting with them can be really nourishing and it reminds you that there are so many other people in the world and that you can, you can still gain 
all of these things from other relationships you don't have to solely rely on your romantic partner to give you absolutely everything yeah definitely or antidepressants (laughs) yeah (laughs) for short term i think is absolutely fine and the reason i say that is because a lot of times people aren't just going through heartbreak alone yeah there's loads of other things happening for them at the same time Mm -hmm. and they're like, I don't have the capacity to focus on this heartbreak right now because I can't pay my rent, I can't eat. Oh, I'm so glad you said that, actually. You yeah. know what I mean? Or my home, con- my family yeah. is struggling. Yeah, or you've got a sick parent or, you know, whatever. Something is, there's there's too much going on and yeah. you don't have the space yeah. to process what's going on. And yeah, that I definitely think that's And I feel solution. like sometimes you can spiral so deeply. If, for example, you were already feeling depressed in the situation whether you're in a relationship or you're not you're already feeling depressed because of whatever adding this on top of it can sometimes plunge you into such a deep hole yeah you spiral you know and you catch yourself and you're like how did i end up here that you can't necessarily figure out how to get out of it so Mm -hmm. i definitely think therapy medication if you feel like you're in that position yeah but otherwise if that is you know the biggest thing that's happening for you right now journaling is always my go-to I naturally yeah. started journaling after my first heartbreak. I didn't even know about it. Like, I just started writing all my anger down. I was mm-hmm. raging. Raging. You tend to do that when, you, when, you, you, when you're heartbroken. It's, mm. it's right. Me. I always remember you went through one, like, you're like a teenager. And you yeah, just that's what wrote I'm talking about. on a receipt. <laughs> like I was literally... at work. I was fuming. I was working at Topshop. I was <laughs> fuming what had happened the night before. Um, yeah. I just have to get it. I just have to get it out. Yeah. I have a question for you, which is like kind of random. How do you deal with, or how would you advise somebody deals with, like, let's say they're fresh, freshly heartbroken and they're constantly coming across things that remind them of that person. How do you deal with that? With the reminders? That's a really good question. Because even when you make the choice to move on, things pop up in your life constantly that are just going to take you back there. I love that question. My fa- my initial response is to limit it as much as possible if you are able to. And that's what, but by that I mean like social media, like I said. Right, yeah. Right? But of course sometimes you're living in the same area and there are other things that mm-hmm. remind you of them. I don't know, dates you've been on, etc. Or you have their things in your house. Yeah, or you okay. have their belongings, who knows, whatever. Okay, what tends to happen when you get a reminder? I I feel like emotional immediately. Emotional how? Like it takes me back, whatever that reminder might be, it will take me back to the memory of that reminder. Mm-hmm. And I'll think of that time and I'll think about how I felt in that time. And usually I felt quite happy. So then I immediately feel sad because I'm not going to experience that again. Oh no. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just start welling up like pretty much straight away. I get very sad. In that moment. So that's a trigger. Yeah. Right. In that moment take a really deep breath in into your stomach mm-hmm. and just allow the emotion to exist you know why it's there yeah like you said because it reminds you of that person you're going back and of course you're gonna feel sad yeah that's what i usually tend to tell myself is like of course i'm gonna feel yeah and i do course. yeah you just allow yourself to be with that emotion yeah allow yourself to be with it don't hold on to it don't cling to it mm. don't try and push it away don't try and really feel it just feel whatever is there yeah and then breathe keep breathing because when you're breathing you're signaling to your body when you're consciously breathing you're signaling to your body that it's safe mm-hmm. you know so you you're if you imagine something right if you imagine hot water boiling on a hob with the lid on yeah and it's boiling over Mm -hmm. right if you keep the lid on it if you're trying to keep it within you and like keep it inside your body yeah it's gonna overflow Mm -hmm. if you take the lid off and just allow it to bubble cool down simmer yeah 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 
So it's allowing allowing the reaction to happen, knowing that it's gonna simmer down. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. only momentary. It will pass. It will pass. Yes, it's that a temporary thing. Yeah. It's impermanent. Mm-hmm. And That's what's getting me through right now. Is me con- like I'm constantly telling myself that I'm not gonna feel like this forever because I know I won't. Because what happens is you have that reminder, Raha. Like you said, you get really emotional and you go, "Oh no." What is oh no? Oh no is tension, it's discomfort. It's adding a layer of, I don't want this on top of the emotion, which makes it that much more forceful and powerful, Mm -hmm. right? And the more you do it, the stronger that's gonna get because what you practice grows stronger. So if you kind of don't respond to it, imagine it's like a screaming child. Yeah. Crying, it's crying. You're not gonna shout at it. You're not gonna tell it to shut Mm -hmm. up. Well, I would hope not. Yeah. Just nice to it, befriend it. Yeah. Befriend the emotion. That's been my favourite saying literally the last okay. couple of months. Befriend it. I like it. that. Nice. And keep doing that because it's going to keep happening. And after a while you'll notice, oh, there's no physical yes. response. Because the more you consciously practice that stuff, the more habitual it becomes. Yeah. And then your body will, I think, just automatically respond in that way. And then before you know it, like that's how I know when I've got over a heartbreak. Yeah. Is when it's been, it's been months and then something will remind me and then I'm like, oh, wait. There's no I reaction. haven't thought, there's firstly no reaction. I haven't thought about this person in however long. Yeah. And then, oh my God, in that moment, you're free. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, definitely deep breaths. <laughs> Even with the online stuff, deep breaths. Yeah. You find yourself triggered. Your heart's going to start racing. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Rose, second question. It, what if you're going through the heartbreak and that person just keeps trying to reach out to you because they're not oh, in the same it? space that you're in? Like, no, you could be in the same space emotionally, but you know rationally that that it's is over. Like, yeah. you have to move on. But you're so heartbroken, but this person is not leaving you alone. Block. <laughs> no, <come on. laughs> And like not not leaving you alone, like they're not doing it excessively to the point where it's manipulative, but it's just like, you know, no, you have to set a boundary. You have to communicate exactly where you're at. I'm not saying no to you. No, I know. But like, but you can set that boundary, but you still feel that way. And it's still going to be so tempting to want to respond to that and for you to fall back into it. Yeah. My response to you is you set a boundary. You have to set that but boundary was, with that person. No, because I'm saying you, but setting that boundary with yourself, it's you not giving into yourself. Is, yeah, but is, that, again, do you not? it's a conscious decision. You have to. Like, it's like, read autobiography in five chapters. You're probably going to get it wrong the first couple of times. You're probably going to fall back into it the first couple of times. It's not forcing yourself to be any other way it's knowing that your response whatever your response is is probably a natural response so you've set that boundary with yourself yeah right you've set that boundary with that person going listen i would really appreciate it if you didn't contact me so often because i'm heartbroken myself and this makes it so much more difficult for me to move on okay they're not listening they keep hounding you whatever yeah and you're saying how do i stop myself or the temptation to reply them yeah right first of all knowing that it's just temptation okay second of all second of all keeping in mind why why you've you've set that boundary in the first place okay right okay so reminding yourself of the reason post-it notes have it as your phone background if you need to like this person done you dirty. No, 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 no. <laughs> Take them out the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, okay. And it's, and what I was saying, what I meant earlier was, you're going to get it wrong. So you're going to set that boundary. You'll probably have it as your wallpaper. You'll have it as post-it notes. Probably the first thing you see the when you open your eyes in the morning, mm. like keep that boundary. Don't reply to this person. Right, but you might notice that you fall back into the habit. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's gonna yeah. take you a couple goes to get it. Yeah, it's the first time you're doing this probably in your life. But what if it's not? 
But it is in this situation, in this, yeah. in this context. That's true. So give yourself that grace, be compassionate to yourself and talk to yourself really nicely, like a baby. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just adding to the hurt that's by beating already yourself there. up. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Because that's it. Sometimes we often have the intention to be a certain way yeah. to move on and then we fall back into old patterns yes. and then yeah we give ourselves a hard and time and when we fall back into those old patterns it's very easy to justify yeah why you fall oh, back into that your old mind pattern. will justify anything. absolutely anything and that's why i asked you that question because it's so easy yeah for you to justify it and to just go back take a deep breath remember why you set the boundary and if you if you mess it up that's okay yeah you're bound to yeah it's a romantic relationship yeah it's and and here's <laughs> the thing what First of all, Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly got me over that horrendous heartbreak that oh, I was wow. talking about. That whole album honestly changed my life. Um, basically, what it made me remember or realise or whatever was that we all go through this. Yeah. Everything. All music is written about love or heartbreak or, I mean, sex, drugs and all the rest of it. But... <laughs> the greatest poems books about heartbreak like this is a universal human experience yes and you're bound to go through it yeah and there's been times where i've actually sat and felt so much gratitude for Mm. being able to experience a real romantic relationship and go through the heartbreak and everything because it just shows that i have the capacity to feel that deeply yeah yeah yes for someone and when we asked people on instagram have you ever been better off because of a breakup 90 percent said yes. yes and the other three percent most of them messaged and were like oh we meant to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> so basically 100 percent. okay <laughs> so if you're going through a heartbreak you're gonna be better off tell yourself yeah <laughs> tell yourself not just better off but you are gonna get over it yeah and there's so much you're gonna learn in the process of the heartbreak yeah. not because not and i think that's a mistake a lot of us make as well is we think that we learn so much off the back of the relationship but yeah. it's actually the heartbreak yes and people come out of it like oh i'm damaged goods kind of vibe yeah. and that it's not true well it can be it can be you true. can alchemize the heartbreak though yeah it's it's you consciously making the decision because ah. that's the thing we were saying earlier we were like there are people who have been in love with someone for 20 years and they can't get over it. Yeah. Because they've never consciously tried to. Yeah, and they've, they've never, never consciously tried to, to break that cycle for themselves. Yeah. Because it's too comfortable yeah. to live in that pity and sorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So if you're going through it right now, you've got this. Yeah, absolutely you've got this. Hey, I'm going through it. We got this. Yeah. It's something that you may go through again. You've probably already been through and you yeah. got through it the last time. You're going to get through it this get through it this time. And I know it probably feels like a completely different situation and it probably is. Yeah. I remember you saying that to me when when I was heartbroken before. You said to me, you probably will be heartbroken again. Yeah. And I was like, "Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what?" Mm. But that prepared me because now I know and I know that that's okay. Yeah. And what you said actually just then is so real about, you know, it shows you the capacity or like the depth of which you can feel. Yeah. Because there are so many people who just don't even acknowledge their heartbreak. They just push through life. They yeah. just get on with it. It catches up with them eventually. It definitely oh, does. Yeah, but sure. I think sometimes we can look at those people and be like, why can't I be like that? And just take it on the chin yeah and just shut shut it out and just continue with my work or continue with with that but it that's no way to the process of falling in love with someone takes so much yes. that you know coming out of it is going to be just as difficult if not more difficult so yeah you know don't beat yourself up definitely what's your heartbreak song <gasps> go on <laughs> my heart oh god right i'm getting the playlist up my heartbreak song i have a feeling i know what it is and part of me wants to go with my gut okay what's that and that is 
He wasn't man enough for me. Oh, Tony Braxton. Yeah. That's Tony one Braxton. of my faves. Oh. That's a great one. Yeah. I think mine's probably... Don't tell you. Mine also, I'm going to go with like the first one that popped into my mind, which is Angie Stone, which I didn't miss Ooh, you. Oh, yeah. Actually, and also Tears Dry on Their Own, Amy Winehouse. That's pretty, oh, I wouldn't call it a heartbreak oh, no. song. That's like, I can, I can listen to that when I'm not heartbroken. Hmm. I'm going to stick with Tony Braxton, you know. Yeah, I'm sticking with Angie Stone. Like that song really did get me through. And Angie Stone, I watched an interview with her the other day. Sorry, going off tangent. But she was basically, she was in a relationship with D'Angelo for 10 years. They've got a child together. And she was saying that Idris Elba used to do her videos. Yeah. And he was like into her. Like he was like, mm, but she was like, no, Angie I'd already Stone. experienced like D'Angelo. Like I didn't want to go into it. It was so funny. And the interviewer was like, oh, like what did you think of D'Angelo's latest album? Yeah. Black Messiah. Mm. She was like, mm, yeah, like musically he's a genius. Like musically it was amazing. But the lyrics, like, <laughs> I just can't understand them. Stop. <laughs> She's like, you know, not He's good. Mumbling. Oh my god. She I'm was just... like straight up not good. <laughs> Love wow. her. Love but yeah. You know, all of these people. She got over D'Angelo. Oh. <laughs> she had she got over D'Angelo <laughs> and she had Idris trying to knock on the door. Knock on the door and she said no to Idris. But yeah. We all go through it. We may go through it multiple times in this lifetime. You may have never experienced it to this point. And you might be listening to this episode thinking, what is it like to be heartbroken? Well, I'm sure you'll find out at some point. Okay, so we're going to go over some of the Instagram questions questions that we had. Um, the, fir- <laughs> the first one is all this pain and misery. Is it worth it? <laughs> well, we answered that, we didn't, didn't we? Answer yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. It I think it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, should you stay friends after a breakup? We always disagree about this. It's a no for me. It's a, it's a, it's a. Sometimes for me. No, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it in a lot of situation where it's it works. Yeah, I have seen it. Work. For me personally, no though. Okay, for me personally, yes, if it works. No, because for some, with some some people, it definitely, I know it does not work and I cannot be friends with that person. Yeah. But I have come out of some situations and been like, I would like to be friends with this person at some point. I do have to move on though and get over the heartbreak first. I can't be friends with them immediately. Like these things take time for me. But there are, like for me as well, especially if something has, has been built off a of friend, like if the foundation of our relationship was a friendship to begin with, then it's for me it's okay to revert back to the friendship yeah. after a while i don't mind doing that but i know that there are some guys that i've dated that that I, there's just no chance what about all those moments you shared yeah they still exist the romantic ones yeah they were there it happened but then if you don't i i do think that you you can stop feeling that way about somebody yeah i do too yeah so those too. things don't come into the present. I don't know if it's possible for both of you, though. I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, I just don't know. That's the difficulty. I always think one of you is always more invested than the other. That, 100%. In my experience, even in the ones that I've, where yeah. I've seen it work. So that's it. And also, in my experience, like I said, I block everyone. So <laughs> if... I always find that they try and get in touch with me again, like a year yeah. or two down the line. Yeah. And I... I know it's they're trying as just friends, but I feel like it's not. Yeah, and I, I always if... find it's usually the person who is more invested is the one who initiates that friendship. Yeah, definitely. And then you're just like, is it fair for me to break your heart again? Yeah, exactly. You know. But yeah, don't obviously do it out of pity ever. <laughs> I think sometimes people do. Oh no, no, I, people definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next question. Do breaks really benefit a relationship? Oh. I think yes. I think yes. But it's not something that I've done. But I do think they benefit, definitely. I think it depends on the intention behind it. Yeah. Like, is it a break just because you had a big argument and you just decided you need to go on a break? Or is it a break because you're saying, I feel like I've lost myself in this relationship and I need to go figure out by myself where it is I want to go yeah. in my independence mm-hmm. before I come back 
and meet your expectations of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's always the reason people go on breaks. I th- but I do think, I generally, I think as a general rule, as a they general can be thing, healthy. They, it can be, yeah. I yeah. think so. I don't know about benefiting the relationship, but I think they can be healthy. Yeah, for the individual, for them to determine what it is that they want. Yeah. And to reevaluate their exactly. expectations and what they want, yeah. Mm-hmm. How to get a proper man. <laughs> you tell I've me been that? asking myself that <laughs> for a long time. Um, no, I'm just just kidding. I'm not. Right. <laughs> what about how to communicate healthy boundaries without being distant or detached? That is hard. But I don't think you can... I think if you're coming out of a romantic relationship... I don't think you can be concerned about seeming distant or detached. I think you either decide to set your boundary or not. I don't know. Because you're always going to seem distant or detached if you're setting a boundary. That's just the way it is. People aren't usually going to respond well to that. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, It's knowing that with this boundary comes a different perception of you. Ooh, girl. And being okay with being perceived in a different way. Yeah. Because that's why you're setting the boundary in the first place. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know what I mean? That part, babe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last one. Last one. I feel like we've answered a lot of these. Um, speak on being nearly 25 and never being in a relationship slash dating slash talking to someone. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I can't speak on that experience because obviously I have not had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and this is this is just what I think, that people who haven't had the experience think that they should be more equipped when they do enter a relationship or if they do go through a heartbreak at some point in their lives and they think that whoever they're going to meet is probably going to have more experience and that they are somehow lacking in that department which can be true in some respects and areas but I think as an overall thing it's not something that you should be concerned about because most people have no idea what, what the they're, hell doing. they're doing <laughs> like people don't know people yeah. just find themselves in these situations or in these relationships and they just navigate it the best way that they know how or the best way that they've seen it modeled to them mm-hmm. so I think not being concerned about yeah being quote-unquote inexperienced yeah for sure or too old even or too old yeah like you're still young off it yeah but still i think yeah i think that's a good point um and also are you open to it you know how open are you to it do you want that at this stage in your life if so what are you doing to show your openness to adjust how Mm. you're being now in comparison to how you've been up until this point yeah you know there's a lot there's a lot more questions i'm afraid that we'd have to ask (laughs) to answer that one this would have to be a full-blown conversation um but we wanted to thank you so much for all of the ones that you did send in and yeah we did try and weave most of them into the episode um if you've got any other questions drop them in our dms DMs yeah at stillchill.ig and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know. It's been quite it's quite been quite an emotional one for me. We wanted it to be a bit more anecdotal than like researchy because the research is all over the place. You yeah. know, it's it's such a it's, it's a universal really subjective but a universal yeah, experience. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> all right, all right, we'll go. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you.